let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Hello, and welcome to TNB. Thursday Night Babble is back. Hello, Cousin Mud. How are you, sir? Hello, Philip. I'm, I'm well. I'm very well. I've... I had to listen to two weeks of podcasts where you have taken taken digs, but I am back with the biggest of digs tonight. Well, you know, Brent and Steve made me do it. They said to me before the podcast starts, you should just wind Johnny up on this podcast. And like, they're both bigger than me, so there, there was nothing I could have done. Well, as much as I know you're trying to save your own skin, I'd believe that anyway. Yeah, I no, you should believe a bit it. of devilness. Uh, you see, you should do that. And a thing I've started doing is, I've started to teach Finn now to blame Brandy and everything. It's, it's a good tactic. Yeah, obviously his fault anyway. Uh, yeah, exactly. Anyone that that is maybe new to the Thursday Night Bell, Brandy, the large one, is my brother-in-law, so he's Finn's my son's uncle, and they're very close. And uh, I just get him. I've just taught Finn now. Blame Brandy and everything. So I'll say like, who did it, Finn? He'll go Brandy, even if Brandy's been nowhere near the house. They're not it's close. Very size. rewarding. Eh? They're not close in size. Like I would say, Finn's probably the size of one of you know, like his foot or something. <laughs> yeah, he's the size of his Adidas trainer. <laughs> um, but yeah. So apart from apart from that, apart from skating attacks from fellow Babel members, how are you then, Jonathan? I'm I'm very well. Um. As you all as you all are aware, I told you last night that you know I went to football last night, and that was mentioned to me about how mean you have been to me. So <laughs> yeah, you know, and other people are saying it. You know, yeah. Well, 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 well like, look, what what was the worst comment made then? What was the one really stuck in your craw? Mm, I would say last week's one was worse than this week's. Um, what was last week's one? Oh, Steve just went to town. I just remember Steve saying something. I can't really remember what it was now, but I remember it stuck with me. Stuck with me deep. You hit me deep, He'll Steve. That, you? you hit me real oh, deep. Steve will do that. He'll stick deep. He will. He will. He'll stick it's it. Part of his, it's part of his thing, look. Mm, He's a deep sticker. Well, you know, he is an old man. He has to have a, an old stick, doesn't he? Like? Yeah, too. Mm. Um, and how did you find the... Um, better put this... The North London isn't serious about football comment, was that? Well, I agree that... with him. Like, Watford against Spurs would, you know, put you to sleep. Like, it would. Like, what a terrible derby. But, you know, I, I would say Watford are bigger than Spurs. But, you know, that's just my opinion. I did enjoy that. No, I enjoyed the whole Tottenham talk the other night. So I thought that was great. Um, Naturally. But then, you know, Branton did intend to start it off quite well and then you just kind of you know had to have your wee dig at me as you do um 
And another thing, just just you know, we'll we'll just address this right now. Breton has still not acknowledged my question from earlier on. Not acknowledged it. What was it? <clears throat> I asked who wanted to go to the Ulster game, and you said no. Like I think you said no maybe three or four times. Uh, he didn't even answer. Didn't even answer. So uh, when, he li- when he listens to this tomorrow, I hope he feels incredibly bad. It takes but... longer for messages to get to Brandy because he's so okay. big. Uh, yeah. 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 So you'll you'll get a you'll get a reply later, no doubt. Um, yeah. So we're we're in an international break at the minute, Johnny. Uh, one obviously for the South Americans uh, uh, teams and the Asian teams are playing qualifiers. Um, obviously the Afcon is on at the minute, so there's no no real club football for for our teams. There's there's Irish League, which I was at. And I'm going to talk about in a minute or two. A couple of games on in Portugal and stuff, but there there's there's nothing else really for us to, uh, else to us to get our teeth into. However, just to touch on the Arsenal because I know you weren't in the last pod. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't look like they're going to get anyone in in January now. Uh, how how are you feeling about that? And also, also as well, Abamyang. What's going on? Um. Well, obviously the midfield situation is an issue as well as uh, a striker. I mean, I listened to Tim Sullivan on the Arsenal Vision podcast today, and he addressed the Maitland-Niles thing about him going to Roma, and he said Arsenal should have just kept Maitland-Niles until after the second leg of the Liverpool game. Just told him. Suck it up, tough titties. We're your employer. I don't care if you want to go elsewhere. Stay till after that game, then you can go to Roma. But they let him go, and it was a mistake, and it's it was a costly mistake, and it's obvious because we've been so stretched in the middle of the park, and it was a massive mistake to bring Thomas Partey on in that Liverpool game as well. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Um, we we definitely need reinforcements, like. I was thinking this the other day that if Arsenal let Man United get into the top four, I will be disgusted in myself because <laughs> it's Steve. I think Steve maybe said about how United have, you know, the best squad out of maybe the three of us, including Spurs and that. I would say if you compare our teams fully fit, our starting eleven is better than theirs. But he's right. United have more. You know, depth in the squad than what we do, and that's been very obvious over the last couple of games for Arsenal. Um, and then I obviously haven't been on since the Arsenal had their game against Spurs. You know, postponed. Um, delighted, love it. You know, shove it up your fucking holes. Um, as all for it, especially the way everyone came after Arsenal. Um, for getting that game put off, but whatever. Uh, don't care. Aubameyang. I mean, he's he's. He's partly disappointed about being dropped because of that um, coming back late from France. But it's not just coming back late from France. He's been obviously involved in a lot of things behind the scenes that we have not probably made aware of yet. It might come out at some stage, but we know of a few. You know, the North London Derby uh, last season, he was late to. Um, other disciplinary things that obviously have went on. You know, him and Arteta's relationship's been fragile for a while now, I would say. And I think it's probably just best for both parties if he just moves on. Um, I know he wants to stay in Europe, which is why he's not accepted the deal to go to Saudi Arabia or wherever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some, some club has made an offer for him. Um, 
but yeah, I'm glad to see the back of him. Um, I I have seen some people online giving off about why we don't get him back into the team and he can score goals, but I mean, Aubameyang has not been the goal scoring striker that we've known he can be in about two years. He had a wee spell there at the beginning of the season, but it dried up fairly quickly. Actually, I think it dried up after I praised him, and then he went to shit again. <laughs> the mud's uh, good. Yeah, the mud's good, is right. <laughs> it's just uh, Arsenal are just they're just a funny team. Um, yes, and I think you you said it. I think or Steve said it. You know. They'll have a couple of good games. They'll have a bad patch. You know, they're up and down like a yo-yo. That's kind of been Arteta's arsenal. Uh, they had a bit more consistency. They'd finished in the top four, no problem, I think. Um, but it's really frustrating. Like, I know some people say that we, you know, finishing in fifth or sixth is a good season for us, you know, in comparison of what we've done the last two seasons. But it's there for the tag, and that's kind of what frustrates me. Like, it's really, really there for us to just take hold and make top four hours, make four spot hours. Like, and I just, I do feel we are just going to fudge it up. I really do. It's just frustrating. Lacazette, like, it is mad. Aubameyang has scored more goals this season than Lacazette, and he hasn't played since the start of December. And, and Lacazette's basically played every game since then, so that it is a bit wild. It actually is a bit wild that Emil Smith Rowe, I think he's third or fourth top goal scorer in the league this year or something like that. I think I've seen that. I think Connor Gallagher. Or no, like overall, I think something like that. I think I've seen. Can't remember. So it was some hmm. kind of mad thought anyway. Maybe it was. Um, I don't know. I don't need to find it again. I've seen it last night. Um, well, no, most Salah is obviously flying high. Probably Mana as well. Um, no, I would not find out what that one was. Jada, Jada's a. I put Jada in my fantasy team because I know that boy can get a goal. Love score against us, like. You know. Yeah. We. Sh- I mean. He loves scoring against G's. I don't know. Have you noticed the? Yeah, he has ten goals by the way. It's not. It's not even. It's the fact that now, there's like this. I don't know. This thing between Arsenal and Liverpool fans again, and I'm just like I didn't get involved in it. I no. don't know if you did. I just kind of stayed off. Like I went on Twitter and then went off again because you used to see the old bullshit. And um, I'm sure you've seen the story about the Liverpool COVID cases. Like there was this whole thing about yeah, in the Athletic. Yeah, and they yeah. got their tests. They're all fine, and they ordered another fourteen, whatever it was. And apparently, Kenny Daglish's daughter was the one was the one that done all the tests on the yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, So like obviously there's this whole conspiracy that this was planned or whatever. I, fuck, I don't know. Like. It just it just gets boring, um, and like me and you, I was chatting to you about going to this Ulster game, and you obviously don't want to go, which is fine, whatever. <laughs> but I don't know if you that I'm getting this whole feeling again about the Premier League, and just it's really boring me with between all the COVID nonsense and referees and VAR. Bar. Yeah, it's. It's becoming really hard to stick again. Um, and I, I know I don't want to go into the game because I know you have covered it like literally to death about VAR and referees. It's just shocking. And I think just to kind of while it's up in, in the main tier, like Arsenal women and Arsenal men's team both got fines recently <laughs> because they questioned a referee's decision. I mean, I don't know if you've seen why Arsenal women got fined. 
um, a, a Man City player hit a ball off the referee, and by the law of the, by the law of the game, the referee's meant to stop the game, but they let the game go on. A Man City scored. <laughs> Right. So um yeah, obviously everybody was not uproar about that. And that's the Arsenal players obviously question like why did you not stop the game? Blah, whatever. Uh, and they got fined for that. So I mean the FA just have it in for us. So I don't really care what anyone says. It is absolute fact that um the FA have it in for us. Um definitely. But you're very tired today, aren't you? No. I I'm letting you talk because you haven't been on a, a podcast for a wee while, but your your point um, on the Premier League uh, getting on your tits again, I, I, find, I find the whole COVID case at Liverpool thing just really annoying. You know, it was perceived as if Liverpool had done something wrong, but they were advised by Public Health England. Um, to then you know follow these procedures and then obviously the athletic run the piece where they found out that one of kenny's daughters who's obviously highly qualified in medicine was involved in the tests mm-hmm. and the tests have come back false positive now as someone who had covid there <clears throat> and on day three four five and six i was negative on ladder flow and on day seven, I showed a positive again. Day eight and nine, negative. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was just getting, there was a whole big frenzy and uproar. I wouldn't have been too, I wouldn't have been arsed if Liverpool had to play. If Liverpool had to play the 18s and 23s in the first leg, it would not have bothered me in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Not have bothered me. I said, get it, get it played and get it on done with. I just found the whole narrative around it. And then, obviously, Arsenal had the unfortunate cases. And there was just back and forth. And... There's too many little dickheads on social media now that that I saw one today. Um, he doesn't support Liverpool or Arsenal. I think he, I'm not sure who he supports. I think it's maybe one of the Manchester teams. He tweeted. I think it's a, I think it's a City fan. He tweeted, "Liverpool fans will tell you Minamino is better than Foden." No one, not even Minamino's mum, would say would come out with that statement. No one has ever said, no one has ever, ever, ever said that. But he made up a comment and he had like, I think it's like 10,000 retweets, 25,000 or 30,000 likes. People, even that I know, commenting on it and saying typical scouts. I was like, are you mental? Do you know what I mean? It pollutes you. And I, so I'm back freelancing and doing a bit of stuff now with the BBC and it's been class. I really, really missed it. Um, really, really missed it, but I, I'm, I'm so grateful that they're able to let me come back in. So back in and Friday night, it was a sea view for Crusaders against Glentorn. Brilliant game, utter chaos. Check, you'll be able to check everything out on BBC Sport NI. You can f- watch the highlights. Of that utter chaos. Um, there's red cards. There was uh, stuff happening at the end that I can't not, not going to talk about because I don't even know legally. If anything's been sorted on that yet. There was all sorts going on. The match was good crack. But there was fans in, right? Now, I was in the press box, which is enclosed uh, behind windows and stuff. Nice and cosy. So I couldn't really get a, a, a true feeling of what it was like. But then on Tuesday night, uh, me and Bretton just decided we'd go to Solitude. Cliffenford were playing Linfield. Massive game in the Irish League, just like it was on Friday night when Clinton were playing Crusaders. 
when it's one of the Belfast teams playing <clears throat> and if they're playing each other, sorry, you know it's gonna be a big game. Turned up at Solitude, packed, right? So the first part was with the park down in the Cliffman Road a wee bit and then we got into the line and walked up and there was a couple of hundred people in front of us easily. Just get into the ground before the game, and you could, f- Johnny, see walking up the main road. You could, f- you know, the way you get a buzz when you're when you get into the the sort of the vicinity of the stadium, even if it is an Irish League stadium, the vicinity of a stadium where you just get that buzz. You can see the floodlights. You can see people making their way towards the ground, and there's like an excitement. There's something in the air. Yeah, yeah. I could feel that again, right? So I was, I was absolutely. Beside myself with excitement. Plus, Brenton had turned me into Willy fucking Wonka because he'd stuffed my pockets with sweets. <laughs> I'd, I'd literally looked like a fucking tuck shop walking into solitude, right? Yes, that's, this is what I wanted to actually ask you because you did mention it the other night. What, what sweets did he give you? Oh, here. He, uh, this will determine how, how long this friendship's going to last. Cousin Mud. Uh, he picked Jelly Babies, uh-huh. Jelly Beans. Lot of the jellies and pastilles. <laughs> now, now, I I like a pastel, one or two. Like, hate jelly beans. Can't stand jelly beans. Um, where's the chocolate? Is is just my None. first. And I think he bought himself a vanilla coke. What did he get you? He didn't get me a drink. Oh. That hasn't been addressed yet. That's very nice. Um, don't worry, I'm gonna bring out with him the weekend. Didn't get me a drink. <laughs> Uh, stuffed my pockets full of sweets. So I sat through the whole game filling myself with pastilles. We got a McDonald's on the way to the game, naturally. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, end of the ground, that was class. We were in the Cliftonville end, obviously. Linfield fans were down at the far end behind the goal. Atmosphere is brilliant. There was, we, could, we couldn't really hear the Linfield chance because the younger Cliftonville crowd that was up in the main, in the, in the stand behind the goal, were beating the drum and they were singing and they were brilliant. And there was such a buzz about it, like everyone was back in. Because it's a big game, because third against first in the Irish League, there's only five points between them. But one thing I didn't realise I missed, and how much I missed it, you'll know this. Do you know when an away team scores, mm-hmm. and there's like a millisecond of silence, and then a bang of the roar? And they go bucked aft. Yeah. Mm. Well, Linfield scored twice. You could see the limbs already started. <laughs> And then bang, the roar came down the ground us. And now, not like I didn't, not that I wanted Linfield to, to go on and win the game or anything like there. I'm not a Linfield fan, but just to feel that, I almost got emotional about it. I was almost like, God, that actually feel it felt normal, Johnny. Mm-hmm. It felt like life was normal. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It felt yeah. like there was no talk. Now, there was, there was a lot of flow test sitting on the ground in front of us, but there was no. Um, was it positive? No, it was negative, sir. Um, there was no, like, there was no COVID talk. It was all just football talk. Men, women, uh, boys and girls, they're to enjoy a game of football. Shout abuse at, t- at players for the team they don't want to win. Sing songs to the players they love. Good goals. It just was incredible. I was, I'm still buzzing from it. And one of the point I wanted to make was, I'm, I'm not going to get downfield now. I can't go into a long game now. It's just things have come up. So I'll give my ticket away. Um, but the Irish League is there for us. It is right on our doorstep. And you were saying about the Arsenal, and I'm not telling you to not support Arsenal. But what I my advice would be: go to go to a couple of games in the Irish League, 
and you'll start to be in that wee routine. You're like, do you know what? I'm going to go to this game on a Saturday. And there's just the smell of the burgers, the stale, not the stale pints, but the smell of the pints, the absolute shite talk you will have with a random stranger who'll be your best mate for 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. And then you'll never see them again. That You just can't replace that. And it just was, it was incredible. I I loved the Irish League. I liked the Irish League, sorry. And I started working on it for about a year and a half there at BBC and I fell in love with it. And then obviously things away from, uh, things at home and different things, just took a step away to focus more on that and, and get myself sorted. Not get myself sorted, Jesus. Sorry, like, there was nothing wrong with me, folks. Just, you know what I mean? And um. Now I'm back at it. I am absolutely. I'm. I'm in Ballymena tomorrow night for Ballymena v Cliftonville. I can't wait. I am buzzing. I. I really. And and yes, I'm only kidding. Justin and also game. We'll get the last game. But I really. Anyone listening to this that is from Northern Ireland or is coming to Northern Ireland or is even in the south when the when the League of Ireland starts back up again and you're not you haven't you're not sure yet go go to the games you will not regret it. Would you say there's a team you follow or? Are you just going to stick to going to any old game, just enjoying it? Because I feel like I my heart couldn't take me having to actually support another team and go through the madness. I think I would just enjoy <laughs> leisurely going to Irish League games and just not really caring who wins. I'd rather just watch, you know, a decent game of football. Are you are you the same, or do you actually is there a team that you? Because I know you went to a few Dungan and Subs games through the BBC yes. and things like that. So yeah, um, I would have soft spots for a few of the teams. Because um, I seen you liked a tweet today, and I was gobsmacked. Like it sh- it showed the difference in a year. Like where how many points the teams had the difference. Linfield were like yeah. minus two, Lin Glentorn and Cliftonville were like plus ten, plus twelve or something. I was at Warren Point or someone or minus fifteen. Seventeen. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. That blew my mind. I was They're like, holy shit. Um, tight this year. That's um that's incredible to be like you could understand five or six points either way, but just the, the points step and I think you know with Linfield minus two and Glen Torn have came on leaps and bounds, but yeah. um there there's certain things about Glen Torn I just won't comment on because I don't like you said, I don't think we're legally allowed to. Um it's um it just seems like it's a mad league. Like I went to Irish League games years ago. Um, a good friend of mine is a big Glen Torn fan and used to go to games with him. Um, actually seen Stuart Dallas back in the day play for Crusaders against Glen Torn. So, right. uh, that was interesting. That's how long ago it was. Actually, that's probably one of the last Glen Torn games I was at. It was actually at um, Seaview, is there a ground? Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah Seaview's Crusaders was... and the Ovals, Glen Torn. Yeah. So that's that's where, where we went to and seen him. Um, it's kind of mad, it's like a nice year Dallas Premier League player, and we've seen him in the Irish League, but a very good one. Yeah, it's um, um, <clears throat> leaps and bounds, I suppose. For, like fair play to him, like it shows you can come from the Irish League and get there, you know, get to the top in in England, like so. Yeah, like and that, like I, I totally get what you mean about the whole experience, and I, I'll tell you this: anybody that that hasn't been to an Irish League game and wants to, Irish League burgers are incredible. Oh they my are. goodness. They are and the smell of them and just everything about them is just top class. Really, really uh, is. The so I would have I so <clears throat> Dungannon was the first one I ever the ground I was ever at for BBC. Mm-hmm. So that law was just plus the, the people at Dungannon are, are brilliant. 
Um, the people at all the clubs actually, I find are brilliant. Like, um, and I'm jealous of, and I've said this before, and on the, I was on the Portland podcast last year. I was jealous of like the love they can have for their hometown club. Mm-hmm. Um, but I coached at Cliftonville for a year in the academy, and it was just at the end of that year, 2014, is when I met Sarah. But up until that, I wasn't in a great place. But the people in there took me under their their wings like they were unbelievable to me and I was a blow in. Mm-hmm. Living in Belfast but was a blow in like and living on my own for a while too and they were just amazing. Like random parents or random people that were at games would leave me home back mm-hmm. to the house in Belfast. Like, you know, no need to do that. It was over in Botanic and this is the other side of the city. Uh just stay behind, have a pint with around people in the social club. Just loved the club, like loved loved being up there. And and I had that buzz again, and I was in, that was the first time I was back in solitude since I, since 2014, 15. And I had that buzz again, you know, since I walked in through the old gates, the old turnstiles. Mm-hmm. So Cliftonville would always have a soft spot for. But I just I, I love I, I I genuinely like seeing them all doing well. I think the league is as such a great product now, um, and like I'd love Finn, I'd love Finn to play in it. I'd love Finn to be good enough to play in it. I'd love Finn to get into it and follow it and, and pick a team and, and whatever. But I just I, I just love going to games. Like I I know, <laughs> I know it sounds mental, like but to be a, to be buzzing to go to Ballymun Showgrounds on Friday night. I mean, fair play to me for being that mental. But yeah, I'm I, I'm looking forward to it. And I think I know it's it's probably strange for people that listen to the show to hear same me say it because Liverpool are, are doing so well but there is a tediousness with the fan base where you're just like I just I you're just seconding my shit to turn a phrase um so I get it too Johnny I, I totally understand it like and, and that's why I would anyone that's thinking this like say their club or whatever isn't in a different league is just doing their head in or they're just like I need a break from this Go to your local league, go watch the Irish League, go watch the League of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And you'll actually discover, like, I think Brenton, Brenton never been to Solitude before, and I think he was even saying, like, the standard of it, we're talking about on the way home, he's all like, it's great, like, and it really is. There's some very, very, very good football players in that league. You have to be a good player for a start to to make get into that league, and there's some excellent ones um, to get into it. And, and now there's a lot of full-time clubs, like, people are able to play and stay and be full-time, and mm-hmm. so that's another great thing. And, like we have a, a two thriving women te- women's team on the island now. You'd mm-hmm. like to think like eventually their leagues would get even better and better and better and better, and then they'll get the full time. I know we have Jessica Foy's the first full time yeah uh, Northern Irish player, and hopefully more will start to follow soon. And the game on on all codes and all and all sexes will just be booming here because why why shouldn't it? Mm. What what I really noticed because uh, I watched the game on BBC the other night. Looking for me and Brenton. <laughs> yeah, well, Brenton wasn't too hard to find. Um, <laughs> what the big difference that I like watching Glen Torn and stuff years ago. Now, from what the big difference was, they're all playing the ball on the ground. You know, it's not this centre backs getting the ball, hoofing it up. You know, they're all trying to play the ball out from the back. Most of the most of the play was on the ground. You know, and the Cliftonville keeper, I don't know his name, but I think it might have been around the eighty-fifth minute. Cliftonville were still winning two-one. And he pulled off a great save. He tipped it onto the crossbar for a corner. Yeah. Now Linfield scored a few minutes later, but I was like, "Fucking hell, what a save!" Like it was brilliant. Um, I have been to Solitude before as well, so 
I'm familiar with with the ground. <laughs> um, I was there with uh, traveling Glentorn Sport. I've been to quite a few Glentorn games. You know what? Actually, when I just think about it, <laughs> I actually have a Glentorn shirt off the stairs uh, that my mate got me many years ago when they were still sponsored by Umbro. Um, yeah, like it's it's there for you if if you really want to get into it. Like. I've just thought to myself, I will try and get the more Ulster games, like because they're there, they're on a Friday night, and it's great under the lights, like you know. And I'm, I'm kind of, I think it's, I'm glad that the Six Nations is just around the corner again. Cause I kind of feel like I maybe just need a wee break from football at the moment, just because people are melting me. Um, <laughs> I listened to Reidy's House earlier on with Hector Ballerin. Um, I don't know if you listened to that one yet. But yes. It just talks about how Hector. Um, went off social media over the summer and it made me actually think of you because I know sometimes you don't do it all the time but on occasion you'll text in going off Twitter or something for the weekend you know just taking a break and listening to that podcast kind of made me think yeah like I think maybe we all do spend a bit too much time on social media every day you're on Twitter checking stuff and you seem to be quite honest and it's been well pointed out I think it was actually James McNicholas said that not a lot of clubs have done any business in this January transfer window, and it's just been kind of a dead month in terms of football. You know, like there's been a lot of games called off. There's been not been a lot of big transfers, and like what what really is going on in the football world at the moment? Not a lot. We're now on as in a two week break. Like we've we've just wasted our time refreshing our bloody Twitter feed for nothing. Like I know Juventus have completed basically that signing of the guy Arsenal were after. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Not yeah, uh, he can go fuck himself as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> How dare he turn us down? It was just that was just another Locatelli situation that I think we should have moved on weeks ago. Um, but back to the point in matter, like yeah, like if anybody hasn't listened to that right ready house, I think it's about thirty six minutes long. It's not that long, but it's just really great to hear about Bellerin in in Sevilla and that big rivalry between them and Betis, like. It was really, it was really good to listen to. Like you're hearing about another different culture, a different derby. Um, Ballard said how, like three hours before kickoff, you'd have forty thousand outside the ground with flowers going mental, and like how it, he kind of compared it to Rangers and Celtic. And you know, it's not religious, but you know, football is a religion for this city. Like, and it just makes me kind of want to go to Seville. It sounds like a really interesting city. Um, so do I. Uh, the the football, you know, the two clubs there as well, two massive clubs, like, and, like, I actually seen a retro Betty's top on classic football shirts, and I actually was thinking of getting it because it's only, like, 30 quid or something. I'm going to uh, get it now. They've loads of sizes in it as well, so if anybody's right. interested, I mean, it's just, and what I loved about it, it's just, like, a plain jersey. Like, there's just yeah. badge, and I think it's, um, who's their sponsor? Uh, Kappa. Kappa, yeah, that's it. I love just playing shirts with nothing on it. Great. So, uh, yeah, like it, it, like Bellerin's talked also about how he, it's given him a lot of free time in the day to do other things. Obviously, we know Hector's interested in fashion and all that sort of stuff, but he just sounds like in a really good place now. And like Real Betis are like third in La Liga and Sevilla are, are, yeah. or second, you know, or something like that. You know, it's uh, it's mad and it's great to see. And I'm glad to see Barcelona are getting are not doing great either and they can go do themselves in but and, and just just on Barcelona and I kind of want to know what you think but it's quite interesting they went and bought Troy and it was a 
a mate of mine I noticed today on Twitter said it just shows the drop in standards at Barcelona. That, and not that Troy is a terrible player, he's not, but you know, compared to what they had, what they were signing, Troy is not up there with the likes of your Messi's and Luis Suarez and Neymar's, you know. They're they're a good bit back, like, you know, they're they're not gonna be European champions in the next five years, you know, it'll be a long road back, I think, for Barcelona, like but you know, I think everyone's quite happy enough to see it just because of how they've gotten on and what they've gotten away with. Um, do you do you not think that that's um? I thought that was quite interesting when I seen that today. That it is actually when you think about it, the standards at Barcelona probably are going to be quite mediocre for maybe the foreseeable. <laughs> I think that they know they're getting rid of Dembele. Well, they're trying to in the next couple of days. So I think Traore is actually a sensible signing. They're going to loan him. I don't know what the fee is possibly afterwards, but they're going to loan him. So, you know, there is a good, uh, there is a good player in there. There's not a world-class player. There's nowhere near like Luis Suarez and Messi, but they're not at that level anymore. You're right. Like they're not that stage where they can go out and attract and not, not necessarily track because it's Barcelona, and like they'll always be massive and they'll be back. But they don't have the money. They're broke. Like they, they don't. They're not able to go out and spend. They, I know. Laporte said, um, last month that you know we're back, and we're in for Haaland. But I think that's all smoke and daggers. Like, I think, or I don't even know that's the right term. Whatever. I think it's all little bollocks. That's the right term. Um, you know, they'll not be able to afford Haaland, they'll not be able to afford Mbappe, they'll not be able to afford Salah. Not for foreseeable anyway, unless something changes or something happens. So I think the Troy one is um is a bit is a wee bit sensible from them. He won't I don't see him going there and catapulting them to league title or I I think it works so it's another another Spanish player in. They've got Fernand Torres, they've got Pedri, they've got Gavi. Frankie De Jong starting to play well. There is a decent element in there, and I think in a year or two you'll see the full, um, ch- uh, the full force of Xavi as a coach at Barcelona and what he can bring. So, I mean, it long in the days where you you think they're going to take your best players, like Arsenal's best player in my opinion, and uh, the best asset they has is Bakary Saka, mm-hmm. and I do not see him going to Barcelona in the summer or even being anywhere close to because they wouldn't be able to afford him whereas three or four or five years ago you'd be like he'd be linked with them all the time Do is that know? also because you know york and klopp's topping them up or well he is he's going to join Liverpool as well there is that <laughs> but um yeah do you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah so i i and like i call them a catalina clown college because of uh the way they've handled but I I loved that Barcelona team on the Pep Guardiola. I loved tuning into them on a Sunday night because, well, Liverpool were dog shit for a wee bit of the time. Um, but also, they were just a joy to watch. Do you know? Yeah, and like, I, I've got back into La Liga now. I really have got back into La Liga now um, with having La Liga TV. And like, I'm reading Fair and Loathing and, and if I said low, I read as much Spanish stuff as I can. Robbie Dunn's going to be coming on. I mean, to try and get him on the next weekend. 
and I read his stuff all the time and Dermot Corrigan and the Athletic. I, I love it, like, so I think it's a great part. And you're talking about Betis and Sevilla, like, that derby is on the list. That derby looks class, but back to bring it back to the Reddy's house and Hector Bellerin, it was really, really refreshing to hear Hector talk, actually, because when Hector was at use, he gave off, maybe this is me being an agent, like, but he gave off a vibe of, like, being too pretentious and being really try-hardy because of, do you know what I mean, because of his fashion sense. Mm-hmm. And that's just me being a dickhead and judging someone by the cover. Like, someone could look at me and think, I don't know what to think, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> and and it was just and it was just wrong. And then you hear him talk, and you hear him talk about being in in, in Seville and and you know and, and and things he was going through during lockdown and how he he needed that to clear his head and how he, like he's playing really well for Betis. Mm-hmm. And it was really really sweet. Like that Reddy's house and stadium in general is apart from the babble, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the best football podcast at the minute. I think. I don't know if you listen to Stadio even, the other one that Ryan and Musa do. No, no, I haven't. It's very it. good. It's very good. And it's very genuine. And there's there's lovely moments in it. It can be quite sweet, some of the moments in it, the way the two lads, they're best friends, like the way they'll talk and different things that'll be going on. And even when Ian writes in, like he's just amazing. But yeah, it's, I think... We obviously, did, when we do the babble on Monday night, we focus on the Premier League and that's what we focus on. That's, we love it. Like, But I do think like people, there's so much access now that people should broaden their horizons Like, and should go and look at and check out and and enjoy other football. Do you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's always good to do that because I think, like, you'll, like, you can sit down and watch. Like there was earlier before we came on, I was watching Sporting v Braga and the... Sports uh, Portuguese League Cup, and when you have no stresses or worries on how the result outcome is, I think you can watch football clearer, mm-hmm. uh, and you can maybe enjoy it a little bit more. Now, if your team wins last minute, obviously it's different. Like, but um, yeah, I, 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 th- I think everyone should. Um, Check out Ray's house, and I think everyone should should really tune in to someone in La Liga. I'd love La Liga to be like again, like it was. You know the way you'd have revisited La Liga on like a Monday uh-huh. on Sky Sports, but you know the way like Channel Four used to have Serie A. I'd love. Mm-hmm. They said this in the second captains during the week. I thought it was brilliant. Was it second captains or was it? No, it was on the Spanish football podcast by with Sid Lowe and Phil Kitchmanidis. They were saying that you know people, a listener had wrote in and said like, is there any? What do you think about having like a match of the day style show free there for UK and Ireland viewers? And I think that'd be brilliant. If you had like a, a magazine show that was free there and then you had like one or two games at the weekend, decent games as well at the weekend that was free there and people could start like picking a team and following a team and different things like that. I think La Liga should go down and something like that. But what do you think? Would that be something you would tune into, do you think, again? Yeah, like like I used to watch Revista de la Liga on on um, Sky as well on a Sunday and Monday and throughout the week. Like, and it's um and I, since you know La Liga has went into this obviously La Liga TV and things like that. It's it's not as successful for everybody now. And like, obviously my interest on in La Liga is basically 
nearly gone because you know I can't see it. I don't watch it all the time. Um, I know they put up you know snippets of highlights on on Twitter, but it's not the same. You're not getting the analysis. You're not getting you know the experts on Spanish football. You know breaking it down for you. Um, and it would be great to have that sort of stuff back. You know, it's just it, like the Premier League's just completely you know behind the paywall. We can't see any three pm kickoffs. And we seem to be just, I don't know, treated a bit differently in the UK and Ireland, you know, for football, especially in Europe. Like, do you remember, I think, you know, a few times Barcelona and Real Madrid have kicked off at 3 p.m. on a Saturday or Sunday or something like that. And we couldn't watch it live. It showed it at like five o'clock for us. So like the game was over and, you know, people could look up the bloody result by the time they showed the full match in the UK. I can remember that happening a few times. Just mm-hmm. like, why would you be asked, you know, like, and who's really going to not look at the score? And I think even, you know, Messi and Ronaldo and stuff leaving La Liga, them going into this basically behind a massive paywall in La Liga TV has not helped them. You know, they'll probably have the odd subscription and they'll have the diehards of La Liga who will obviously pay for the for the subscription. Like, But people like myself or maybe people that did watch it on Sky in the past, they're not going to bother. Like, it's just, it's another bill that really... I just couldn't be arsed with. Um, so if they did make it, you know, like a match of the day style show for La Liga or for, um, you know, Serie A or Liga or whatever, that that would be great. Because I think didn't I can't remember who it was. Used to do like a European football show and used to do La Liga, Serie A, you know, whatever, and showed all the different other leagues at the end. You know, just showing quick goals and things like that. And that's that's went away also and. It's a bit shit, like, you know, it's really hard to kind of access football these days. Like, even um, the AFCON, I think it's on Sky, mm-hmm. isn't it? Some of it, like and there's some, some select games on BBC, yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't watched any of AFCON, but one of the lads said to me last night of football, it's the greatest competition in the world. I think you said the same. It, it is. It seems like, like mad football, just whatever happens, happens. Um. The only game I kind of followed was the game Ghana got put out in because I wanted to see if, if Thomas Partey would come back. And um, he did and didn't work out well for us anyway. So um, <laughs> I know Egypt put the Ivory Coast out. Obviously with Pepe being with the Ivory Coast, we've got him back um, a bit earlier than expected. What what are they in the quarterfinals now? Mm-hmm. The Ivory mm-hmm. Coast are out. Egypt, yeah. they put Egypt, Egypt put them out last night. So it's Egypt against Morocco in the quarterfinals. And then obviously Senegal are playing. Can I play the Senegal play? Senegal play. Is it Malawi maybe? Is it Sadio Mane? He's from Senegal, is that? He is indeed, yeah. Uh-huh. Senegal play Equatorial Guinea. It's it it's it uh well, it's gonna end up Egypt Senegal final like is the final next week? The final's on the sixth of February. The sixth was that Saturday? Saturday? Uh, I think Sunday. so. Sunday. Sunday. Is BBC going to show the final? Uh, no, I think the final will be on. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I've I've really enjoyed the Afcon. Like I know your your mate was saying, like it 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 is the the most insane tournament of all time. Yeah, it is bonkers. Yeah. It's like something you'd see on a, in the summer down at Brownlow. You know, a load of boys put a load of teams in, and it's just boys being wrecked. 
left, right, and centre, and unreal screamer goals and keepers acting the candy man. It's, it is absolutely insane. Like, yeah, um, I don't know. I kind of wish I did maybe watch a bit more of it, but it's still still a few games to go. So yeah, it's eight games to go, or hi. Pretty games to go, like so you've plenty of time. I I would I, I that's another one I'd, I'd highly recommend if you haven't yet and you get a chance to sit down and tune into like AFCOM because you won't you will not be disappointed. It is it is um it's a hoot. Let's just say it is, it is absolutely wild. Um totally not serious about itself, like it doesn't take itself serious, but I think that's what makes it amazing. Like it's just the way that, like some of the things like referee blowing up five minutes early and some of the fans in the crowd are just bonkers. It looks like the best tournament to ever go to as well. From a, like looking at the crowd um, in the grounds now, obviously, unfortunately with the horrible, horrible, horrible incident at the Cameroon game there at the weekend where like, I think it was up to eight, nine people maybe have lost their lives through a stampede, which is just like horrific. Mm-hmm. Um. And not to gloss away from that, take away from that, like, but there are other parts of the tournament that were just look, it does look like the, the most enjoyable tournament. But yeah, I'd recommend people sit down and tune into that too. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually, it obviously got a bit of criticism prior to the tournament. You know, people didn't want it happening in January and taking players away. Yeah. But I mean, we can move a World Cup out of the summer until December this year. And, What's actually quite interesting about that, and that's just dawned on me, there's going to be players that are not going to play for their club, say, for maybe two months, because we'll obviously the legal finish for the World Cup, and then yeah. once the World Cup finished, the AFCON starts again. So, like most Salah this year is probably going to play his last game for Liverpool in November, and then he'll probably not play again until, like, February. Why are you doing this to me? But I, it just literally, when you were talking about them, like, right enough, we have a World Cup in December this year, which I'm not watching, I couldn't be arsed. Um, and there's, there's no way there's an AFCON 2023, is there? It's oh, in the Ivory fuck Coast. me, there is. No, it's not until June. Oh, is it in June? Yeah. Why have they moved it? That's so... Why? why like? <laughs> don't don't you be ringing them up and asking them to move out to January, you prick. <laughs> I want Mo Salah back after that. Well, he might not even get to the World Cup because here's the thing: Salah and Mane face off in a World Cup playoff. Oh. In March. Okay. Can you imagine if they play the Afcon final against each other, and then they play a playoff? They'll end up digging the head of each other in Champions League semi final. Do you know what I mean? It's I mean, like well, I don't know who would win that one. It'd be Sadio Mane, like. Aye. Right. Elbow, no he loves them. Um, away from the football, what? I finished the tourist. Did you watch the tourist? I did watch it. Yeah. Right. What do you uh, think? Hang on. Anyone that hasn't watched it or seen the end of it, give yourselves five seconds from when I finish talking. To, if you want to turn this off, actually, Gila, thanks for listening, and uh, see you again next week. If you're gonna stay, that's. Pause it for 10 seconds and then skip it by, I don't know, five minutes. Work it out for yourself. Good luck. Um, I enjoyed it up until the end where I was just like, this is shite and stupid. What part did you think it started to become shite and stupid? When 
Nina Pascali arrives and then turns out he was a fucking drug lord. Uh-huh. I was like, what? He's only just... He's only just got his life back and he's been lovely to Helen and he saved her life from going to jail and he, and he you know, chucked Lachlan and hopefully he's wherever he goes in the jail and he's got everything sorted and then Nina rocks up and you're thinking, is this going to be like his mum or something? Is this going to be like his sister or something or what's going on? Mm-hmm. Nah, turns out he'd stuffed her about 64 bags of heroin, her and her two mates, her two mates died, she ended up getting infected in her stomach with a cut the drugs out of her belly and it turns out he was a horrible bastard. Yeah. Good good plot twist, I suppose. You didn't see that coming. I didn't see it coming, but it annoyed me. Like it, it actually, you know, one of those plot twists, you're just like, I've, um, I've known a few people that have had different reactions to it. So, a girl I work with told me yesterday she watched episode three, got fed up with it, and just googled the end. Um, oh, fair play. It's like, what is the point of that? Uh, I have another guy I work with who really enjoyed it, thought it was brilliant. On the same, just with different people chatting about it, it's just been people have liked it, and people haven't. I, I thought it was dead on. You know, it was something to watch, kind of kept kept interest. Like you say, like the end, saying the end was crap. It was just we weren't expecting that end. Um, but yeah, overall, I'd give it a probably a seven out of ten. No. Yeah, I go with it. Could have been. And he hit to me, but I actually give it a six because the ending just annoyed me that much. I mean, fair enough. I mean, dope sick for me. It was like a nine out of ten. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. Um, me and you obviously haven't watched episode five of. I'm gonna watch know, it tonight. Thursday night, Bubba. Yet, so I'm gonna watch it tonight as well. And everyone that's seen it has told me like it's absolutely brilliant. So. Like, I'm expecting fucking a Jedi to show up and, like, cut everybody's balls off or something, you know? That's, oh, well, that be unfortunate. That's what the dream is. But, uh, like, we will have Jedis again because the Obi-Wan series is coming out and Vader's going to be in that shit. And it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild, but we have to wait a wee while longer for that one. But uh, are, you, are you enjoying Boba so far? I think um, it had a bit of a slow start, I thought, but it's it's been good. Yeah, I'm. This, I, I, it has had a slow start. Um, that's why I'm sort of. In, I think it's this episode is probably pivotal for me because this next one, because if it isn't great, I think I might just bin it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not nowhere near as good as the Mandalorian, or hasn't been as of yet. Um, anywhere near as good as the Mandalorian was. I mean, that was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it ha- there there is elements of it. It is interesting, like to see what's going to happen next. Um, but I, what I want to ask you as well, like, I'm annoyed, Johnny. I'm annoyed about a movie. I need to talk to you about it. They've made Batman too long. I yeah. can't go and watch it now. I'll still go watch it, but I feel like it's just gonna be one of them films I'm gonna just go watch the once. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna go watch Fucking it again. Need to or... take you about three weeks to finish it. Oh well, I watched Endgame in the cinema three times, and that's three hours long. I thought it was great. Um, 
no, Batman was two hours forty seven minutes or something like that. It's it's very long. Like my mate is a massive Batman fan and he well, from the moment Robert Patterson was announced as Batman, he just hated the thought of that film. So like even he doesn't want to see it. Uh, but I always just kind of go back to the Heath Ledger sort of being the Joker. You know, nobody thought he was going to be any good and ended up being the best Joker, in my opinion. Mm. So we will just judge it when we see it, I suppose. But, I mean, you got to go see it. Just just go watch it. Uh, maybe maybe it could be one of those films, you know, it's very long, but it just flies in because it's wonderfully good. But I don't know, like, Robert Patterson just looks a bit like a gothic sort of Batman with his long black hair and his darkened eyes and wearing his black sunglasses. It, it looks and... like it's just going to be too moody of a film. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? It just looks like it's going to be too slow. Um, it it uh, The trailers, uh, some of the trailers, don't get me wrong, the trailers look great, but I'm just like, but how much is that taken out of what's left in this film? How are they going to make this film hold you? For was it two hours forty something minutes? Mm-hmm. I agree. Like that is that is a long time. Um, Endgame did it superbly because it was Endgame. We were just we, you knew there was something at the end of this. You had to sit through it, and it sort of took the pressure off you being like sitting there for so long because you're like, no, this is gonna be amazing, and you and it was, it yeah, was amazing. But- Build up of ten years worth of movies. Yeah. Whereas this Batman film, I really hope they just don't do the whole origin story of Batman again, and he's this way because his parents died and stuff like. It's been yeah. done too many yeah. times now. Like we know, ba- we know, Batty boy, your man, daddy, get off, move on with like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it. It probably is going to go that way, and we're going to come out. Like, we'll, it'll probably be all right. Like, I mean, it probably will be grand. Like, we'll come out and we'll probably be like, eh, that was shade. We'll probably be like, oh, it was decent enough. But I'm not going to sit down and watch it for another two hours and 47 minutes. And especially with Robert Patterson. Like, I have nothing against Robert Patterson. He's actually done a few very good films recently. Like, The Lighthouse is apparently spectacular. Anybody who's seen it said it's brilliant. Um, I think it's on Amazon Prime as well. It's him and... Um, flip. His name's gone past me. With William Defoe, that was oh, yeah. Green Goblin. Um, Barney the Two or, or Berlin, and it's it's like a black and white film. But like that um, Belfast film that's out that everyone's kind of talking about, it seems to be mm. a bit like um, the tourist. Everyone's kind of eh, shit or yeah, it was brilliant. Um, maybe one to check out as well. Of course, it is involving Jamie Dornan, so it is going to be you're going to love it or hate it, I suppose. But it's got good reviews, five stars from a few media outlets, so maybe worth a watch. I, yeah, I think I'll, I think I will. My dad watched it and enjoyed it, but then I mate watched it and said to totally avoid. Yeah, my my parents seen it and said it was nah, it was all right, but okay, like I'm I'm kind of surprised your dad liked it because most people I've talked to that have seen it that haven't liked it have been more of the older generation and maybe the generation that lived through the troubles and stuff like that. So I, I think from what they've said to me, they expect it to be more about the troubles, but it's more a story during the troubles, you know? So 
Um, I don't know. A, a few guys I've talked to, kind of around our age, have said it was it was decent. So I don't know. I suppose you can only judge it for yourself when you see it. Like you know, I kind of I don't like going into films where people have said they're absolutely brilliant because you have like this expectation that this film is going to be great and then it doesn't live up to your expectations. But I think that just always happens with, with films that people say are great. Um, apart from that, apart from the movies, uh, and obviously Boba Fett, you were saying dope. Like, is there anything else that you're into? Like, I, I, the last week I've hardly had a minute to sit down and watch anything. Like, we wanted to finish the tour if we want to do something else, but we only got around to doing it last night. Um, so it's not really anything. I've been, I was watching a lot of football for me to get stuck into like i'm reading again obviously mm-hmm. uh, which i'm enjoying no, I agree. I, i'm sort of the same like the trader said to me the other night is there anything for us to watch because i think over christmas we had we'd watched so much stuff and um obviously being on well over christmas and things as well we kind of were just kind of housebound but no i'm the same like I've kind of just this week started to take myself out again after work for an hour go for a walk listen to a podcast that's I kind of feel like I need to get my body moving again because I felt a bit groggy in the morning time. So I've just been kind of watching what I eat again. Now, I'm not doing this whole new me, new year, new me bullshit in January. That's not it at all. Like, I'm still, I had a fucking lint chocolate there before we started recording. It's it's just more eating at the right time. And I mean, I had chips for my freaking dinner, like, but yeah, just kind of being more active and like I'm, Obviously, we were playing football again after the new year, so it's uh, it was very tough there the first week back. I swear to God, we hadn't played in a few weeks, and five aside football is just go go. Um, but yeah, like that, that's really the same. Like I'm reading a few things on my Kindle. I'm actually reading the two towers from Lord of the Rings again, um, about halfway through it. So I read it well. I would say I read a chapter every night, but I mean, the chapters are so long that I read maybe a couple of pages and that kind of puts me off into a good sleep. So, yeah, yeah, like it's it's all about, and I need my eight hours or otherwise I'm just the worst in the world. Like Tracy would say to me all the time, you're a grumpy shite and you're definitely not a morning person. And I can't argue with her. I am a grumpy shite and I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I am a morning person. Oh, fuck. How did you do it? Like I how do you do it? I well, I suppose Finn gets you up. You have to be a morning person. But I, 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 have ne- I never lie in, and I, I didn't lie in, even before Finn. I don't, I don't lie in. You see, um, I'm sort of the same now. Like I'd probably get like even at the weekends, I'd be up maybe eight o'clock, half eight, because like you're working all week and you feel like if you're lying in ten, eleven o'clock, you're just wasting your time off. That's that's the way I look at it. Like. Mentally, me personally, I know people do love a lion, but if I, I take Finn out of the equation, if I if I lay on till half eleven, twelve o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday, in my opinion, then I've just lost half a day. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, I'd I'd rather I'd rather get up early, go about do something, be out and about, and if I want to, I'll go get into bed early. Yeah. You know, at night time, do you know what I mean? I'd rather do that. Like, I, I love being up in the morning. Like, we were up at St. George's Market in Belfast uh, last Saturday, and I 
was just in my element. The market was starting to get a buzz. Uh, we had good food, obviously, crepes and coffee. And I was just in my element because it was a buzz. And was starting, this is like 10 to 9. And we were walking around Belfast. Three of us. This is something like... Uh, like I, I would far out do something in the morning, I think, and do the evening now. Maybe I'm just getting really old. Um that's yeah, that's that's the way I would look at it. No, I I totally agree with you. Like um like it's been Saturday or Sunday mornings, like me and Teresa have just taken ourselves down to Belfast and like I actually just love walking about the city with a coffee or whatever. Like we actually went to St George's Market on a Sunday a couple of weeks ago. Um we were going to get one of them big Belfast pops, but we just thought, fucking hell, them things are ginormous. They would probably kill me. <laughs> so we went to one of the other wee stalls. But St. George's Market is actually really good. If anyone's never been, it's worth worth the go. Like, and, like it, you can totally walk to it in the city centre. It's not even that far. It really is walkable. Yeah. And plenty of things to do in Belfast now. Like, I couldn't, like, when I talked to my parents about Belfast back in the day, like, completely different city to what it is now. So, like, I love going to Belfast. And, just before we finish up, like the Babel are planning on a trip. It's not the Belfast. It's elsewhere. Nope. It's elsewhere. So it is. Watch this space. Watch this space. We, we might have some some footage, some podcasting might come about of it. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to that too, actually, John. But we'll say it we'll say nothing more. I don't think there's anything else. That was just sort of a a nice little routine TNB to get us back into the groove. Um, I'm gonna watch Boba Fett now as I as I edit this, and then I'm gonna watch because I'm not much of a sad bastard. Brazil against Ecuador in uh, World Cup qualifying. So there you are, that's me Thursday night. Um, I'm gonna watch. What Boba do you have for the rest of the? You're gonna watch Boba, and then you're, you're probably just gonna go read the two towers. More than likely, yeah. Like I, okay. I am, I am very strangely like you in a way that I went to bed at nine o'clock some nights. Yeah, but I just think I'm an old bastard now. Yeah, I think we're two old bastards. Oh. That's what we should call ourselves, the old bastards. Uh, we just change TMB to the two old bastards or something, you know? <laughs> T-O-B. <laughs> T-O-B. Um, t- t- folks, uh, thanks for listening. That's us back. Um, a nice chill Thursday night babble tonight, but club football coming back soon, so don't worry, it'll go off on fucking Richter scale again. Um, uh, and you'll be here for us. Uh, get all of our stuff on your social media uh, apps if you want to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at the Football Babble. Get our podcasts across all your podcast apps. Um, Spotify is the one I'm using at the minute. It's very accessible, obviously. You don't know how to use it. It's on iTunes, on Podcast Addict. It's everywhere. And if you fancy it and you want to help, we do have a Patreon um, that we use. Uh, we might have more stuff coming up and that going forward. That's one thing we're aiming for. It's £1 a month, £12 a year to subscribe to Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash the football babble. Really, really appreciate it if you can help. Um, and folks, we'll see you again on Monday night for another babble. Enjoy the weekend and chat is again then. Good luck.